days. Samuel minister before the Lord. And I pray that to your old age, the Lord will carry you. To your old age, the Lord will sustain you. The Lord will plant your feet in the house of the Lord. You will become unmovable in the name of Jesus. Our God is awesome. Apostles have been ministering to us about the deception of the of Satan in the last days. And he's been talking about causes and spell. So this morning, what the Lord has laid on my spirit for just these few minutes that I'll be ministering to you is freedom from satanic spell. So it's more or less a follow-on on what apostles have been ministering to us. And I believe that today, God is going to enlighten our eyes. And God will bring us to a place where we will walk in total victory and total freedom of the word of God. Because that is the whole essence of our life on earth. One of our brothers was praying this early morning that God has made us a light in the midst of darkness. And he says that we are like a city set upon a hill. A city that is set upon a hill stands out for everyone to see. And he said it cannot be hidden. So as children of God, we are light set upon a hill and we cannot be hidden. Jesus, sometimes when he was going around the city, villages and towns to preach the gospel, he didn't want to be noticed. In fact, when he went during the Passover, he didn't want to be noticed. For there's a scripture says there that he cannot be hidden. Because it's a light. You can't hide light. In the midst of darkness, when you put on your mobile phone, it also brightens the whole place because there's light emanating from it. So you can't hide light. So we cannot be hidden. Amen? So freedom from satanic spell. Unfortunately, in our generation today, majority of Christians have forgotten that they are saved. They are under spell. Remember what our Father and the Lord was ministering to us, that God got his attention just in the midst of conversation with some of our brethren. And God got his attention and said that my children, are, many of majority of my children are under spell. And if Jesus should come today, which is delaying a bit, Jesus is delaying his coming because he does not delight in the death of a sinner. But that everyone will come to the knowledge of the truth. His delaying his coming because there is still some catch up that needs to be done even among the saints. Unfortunately, some saints have forgotten that they are saved. Because they have now become carnal, they become ungodly, and they have now become worldly. So they are under satanic spell. And rightly how apostles describe what spell is actually. Spell is a control. It has to do with control. When your control has been taken over, you are no longer in control of your thoughts. You are no longer in control of your mind. Then you are under spell. And it's unfortunate that some believers are under spell because they are no longer in control of their mind and thoughts. In the book of Romans chapter 7, verse 15, he said, I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do. 
but what I hate to do. This is a, a picture of someone who is under spell. He does not understand what he does. Because what he wants to do, he, do, he cannot do it. But he does what he hates to do. As children of God, we should not be under that. Because we know what to do. Because we know the truth. And the Bible says the truth that we know will set us free. We know the truth and it's the truth that guides us into what is right. For in the book of Matthew 24, from verse 22, he said, If those days have not been cut short, no one will survive it. But for the sake of the elect, those days will be shortened. At that time, if anyone say to you, Look, here is the Messiah, or there he is, do not believe it. For false messiahs and false prophets will appear and perform great signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect. See, I have told you ahead of time. This was Jesus' message to his disciples. And this message has been recorded thousands of years. Today we can see the fulfillment of this message. Because they are right in our generation right now. They are deceivers. They are men who clothe themselves in bishop clothing. But the message of their mouth is demonic. Their lifestyle is after the pattern of their father, Satan, Lucifer. But unfortunately, some believers are now engrossed into that deception. In the plight of looking for miracles, looking for breakthrough. The Bible recorded that they will perform signs and wonders in these last days. So if you are someone that is after signs and wonders, thank God that we have the solid word of God in this house. And the first thing that comes to mind is the teaching of the word. Apostle teach us in such a way that each one of us will be a minister of the gospel and a minister of righteousness. In the days of Noah, Noah was the only minister of righteousness and that is why he was spared. In our own day, we thank God that we have a minister of righteousness. And we are in this school of learning, which is the church, whereby God will now raise many ministers of righteousness that will defile every other unrighteousness on the surface of the earth. So we cannot be deceived. But if you are after the pattern, if you leave this house and you go and watch other programs or go after other teachings, and because of the miracles, because of the wonders, you get carried away, then you can fall into the deception of Satan. Satan, as we know, has just three missions for believers. And his ultimate goal is John chapter 10, verse 10. The thief have come to kill, to steal, and to destroy. Satan wants to kill us. He wants to make sure that our destiny is totally destroyed. He wants to steal from us the grace of God, the liberty that we have in, truth, in Christ. He wants to steal the truth that we have in Christ. If Satan can get your thoughts in believing a lie, he's gotten you already. 
His mission is to kill, to steal, and to destroy. And guess what? He's doing that mission successfully. But we should not be in the cluster of Satan. In 1 Peter chapter 5 verse 8 says something similar to that. Satan's mission. He said, be alert and sober-minded. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a rolling lion, looking for someone to devour or to devour. Someone just to destroy. Someone to shatter their life, to destroy them, to kill them off. That is Satan's will. And it's after every believer. It's not after the, those in the world because they are already in his camp. For as much as he wants to many, he wants so many to be in hell with him. Hell is not meant for any human being. It's hell for the devil. It's built for the devil and all his co-ops, his demons. But he doesn't want to be there alone. So why? What is he doing? He's on a mission. And he's on a mission to hunt lives. And the Bible says, the first line of this said, be alert. This is not the time for us to sleep. This is not the time for us to slumber. Be alert and be sober. Who are those who are not sober? Drunkards are not sober. Drunkards are not sober. Those who have filled their soul with wine and they have gotten drunk, they are no more in control. They will like to sit on the chair, but they will think that the chair is high up or is down below. Because they are no longer in control, so they are under spell. But guess what? Some believers are under spell because they are no longer alert. So Satan can catch them unawares. The Bible says we should not be ignorant of the devices of Satan. But some believers are ignorant. They are not alert. And they are not sober. God wants us to be alert. What does it mean to be alert? What does it mean to be sober? It means to be, to be in control. Observe every situation around you. Jesus, God himself, gave us that example of him observing what he creates. He said, when he said, let there be light, there was light. And he did not just stop there. He observed the light and said, it was good. The power of the observation. You need to observe yourself. The book of one, first book of Corinthians, it talks about we should examine ourselves whether we are in the faith. Every day, carry an examination about your life so that you will not fall victim of hell. So that we will not miss or lose our alertness. We need to be alert in these last days so that we will not be taken captive by the enemy. But I want us to look into attitude indicators to satanic spell. The Lord was teaching me this during this, our Bible studies. And if you have not been reading your Bible studies, can I ask you to just start? Because we are having fun. I tell you, it's like I'm watching a movie. So I'm, I'll just, I was just telling, my, telling myself that instead of us spending time looking at all this Hollywood and uh, Nollywood and all that, there's so much movie in the Bible. 
I'll read the scriptures and I'm just looking at how Jesus interacts with the Pharisees and the Sadducees and I'm laughing to myself. Such a fun. Comedy is in the Bible. Comedy. So I really want us to spend time, go to the scriptures and read. And I want to admonish us on what the Lord ministered to me, which has to do with spell. Luke chapter 15. And I read from verse 11 to 21. And this is, we give us two categories of Christians. One that is under spell, and the one that is alert, sober. Jesus continued, Luke chapter 15 from 11. Jesus continued, there was a man who had two sons. And put that man as representing God. God have different children. And all the, the children have different nature. We have different temperance. We have different personalities. We have different nature. So there was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estates. So it's God. God has already given us the share of his estate. What is his estate is given us? He's given us Jesus. And in, his, in Jesus is grace. In Jesus is truth. In Jesus is glory. In Jesus is his treasures. In Jesus is his gifts. Everything that you need to live successful on earth in your faith journey and in your life pursuits, Jesus has already given it to you. So he's given you Jesus. So Jesus, in Jesus, is incubate of every other thing you need. You want riches, you want joy, you want peace, you want fulfillment in life, it's all in Jesus. It's a total package. So Jesus gave these children, these two sons, the estate. Remember, it is only the younger son that asks for the estate. The older one is okay. But he divided it to all. So he already has his own portion, both the younger one and the older one. So he divided this property between them. He said, not long after that, the younger son got together all he had. So he, took, he got together all he had. And all he had in this instant is Jesus and everything that goes along with, with it. And he set off for a distant country. So he left the jurisdiction of the kingdom. They were all in heaven. They were all under the kingdom of God. They were all under enjoying the fellowship of Christ, just like myself and yourself when we are in Christ. When we are in Christ, we belong to the heavenly kingdom. We belong, there is two kingdoms on earth. It's either the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of, her, of the earth or the kingdom of the world, which they call the prince of the power of the air that rules that kingdom. So he went to a distant land, as some Christians are in the distant land. Yes, you can come to church, fine. You can come to church, you can praise, you can worship, you can lift up hands, you can also be among the workers. And some are even pastors, some are leaders, 
spiritual leaders. But when you go out of this door, you know the kingdom you belong. You know under whose jurisdiction you belong. And you know who is in control of every step you take. Because your kingdom, the kingdom will determine who, which rule you fall into or you follow. So this man went to a distant country and there squandered his wealth in wild living. So obviously, when you go into the world and you mingle with the people in the world, Jesus will still be there standing by you, but he's not operating through you. Because you are now under the operation of a different region or a different kingdom, which is the prince of the power of the air. And he said he squandered all that he, 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 he lived on, all his wealth, in wild living. Some believers are living wild. You may be asking me, what are the wild living? When you take yourself to a place where Jesus is not comfortable to be in, clubhouses every Saturday, every Friday, you, we don't see you here, but you have joints that you go through. In the book of Isaiah 47 on, on Tuesday, we're talking about people who delight themselves in pleasure. They have time for pleasure, but they don't have time for God. And guess what? This is the sign of perilous time. This is the sign of the last days. The Bible says in the book of Second Timothy chapter 3, it says in the last days, the people will be lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of self or lovers of God. So when you begin to take pleasure in all this socializing, but in the church you find it difficult to attend fellowship, then... You are living wild. When you are into pornography, let's touch base. And you cannot just break forth, you cannot just break loose out of it. What delights your attention or what gains your intention? Pornography, you just delight in it. You try to come out of it, but you see yourself being dragged in. You are under spell of pornography. Wild living. All the movies, as a child of God, you know, we belong to a different kingdom. When you call yourself a child of God, it's a different level. It's a different dispensation. It's a different lifestyle. And that is the greatest miracle of all. Because something in you will not agree with the normal way of living. The normal way of living is, well, anything goes. But if you are comfortable watching pornography, watching blue movie, you are comfortable being in the midst of scoffers, slandering other people, gossiping, stabbing other people by the back, and you are comfortable and nothing checks you, then you are under wild living. You have left the, the jurisdiction of the kingdom. You are not operating under another kingdom. You are under spell. So this man was under spell, leaving the house of bread and going to live among the pigs, which we will find out later. Wide living. Verse 4, they say, after he has spent everything, 
there was a severe famine in that old country. <laughs> and it began to be in need. When you leave the jurisdiction of God and you go into the earthly realm or the earthly kingdom, Satan will give you, will attract you with all the goodies at first. Just woo you to himself. And after he has gotten hold of you, he will now begin to show his true color. And then you start being, you will now find out that there's something wrong with me. All the goodies that I've enjoyed for Satan, Satan is now taking it back. taking it one after the other. One after the other. When you are in the kingdom of God, you may not have all the riches. Because guess what? Not every one of us will be rich. But we'll have more than enough. Not every one of us will be wealthy. But we'll have more than enough. A child of God will never beg for bread. David said... I was young, but now I'm old. I've never seen a righteous man forsaken. Neither is children begging for bread. So a child of God will never beg for bread as long as you are in the kingdom. As long as you are in Christ. But when you move out of Christ, guess what? You will be in need. So this man left the house of plenty. And he went into the distant land and began to live wild. Verse 15. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country. What citizen are you? We are the citizen of heaven. Jesus said that our citizenship is in heaven. Our citizenship is not of this world. But this man went to associate himself with a citizen of the land. Went to associate himself with the devil. Do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers, the Bible says. And he also says that bad, in 1 Corinthians 15, 33, he was talking about bad company, corrupt good manners. So when you associate yourself, Apostle was telling us, teaching us last week about the, one of the three vehicles of, the, of deception, peer pressure. You associate yourself with friends who do not have the same spirit, the same mindset, do not belong to the heavenly kingdom that you belong to, and you associate yourself with them. Guess what? Then all the benefits that belong to their father, the devil, will come straight to you. And then, under spell. So this man... Instead of him to come to his senses, after he has run out of all resources, to go back to his father. Because he's under spell, the decision he made is to associate with the citizen of the land. When, you, when we are under spell, when a man is under spell, he are no more in control of their life. They are no more in control of their decisions. They are no more in control of their thoughts. They begin to make wrong decisions. I want to just beg you, if you want to have a decision that, has, that God will intercept your decision, so that every single day you are making the right decision, you have to remain under him. You cannot be outside God and you feel that you can benefit from the, 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 the kingdom benefit. No, you will not. It's not. It doesn't happen that way. 
says, for he longs, verse 15, says, so he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to his field to feed pigs. How can a kingdom child of God end up in feeding pigs? He longed to fill his stomach with the pots that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. A lot of some children of God are feeding pigs today. Some children of God are eating what pigs are eating today. Why? It's a choice. It's a choice. And say, when he came to his senses, thank God. When the spell left him, he came to his senses. He said, how many of my father's hired servants, who are the hired servants? Angels. He remembered Hebrew chapter 1 verse 14, which says, Are not all angels ministering spirits sent to minister to those who are heirs of salvation? Angels are at our command. That's the privilege we have in the kingdom, that angels can serve us. Angels can minister to us. When you are in the kingdom and you have nothing, you, have, you are deprived of your daily bread, angels will come and serve you. Because a child of God must not go hungry. And that is why the Bible says, do not be careful of what to eat or what to drink or what to wear. He said, your heavenly father knows that you need all these things. He said, these are the way pagans act. Pagans are the ones who will, oh, what will I eat today? Where will I sleep today? What clothes am I going to wear today? He said, if God can clothe the lilies of the valley or of the, of the, of the fields, how much more will God not clothe you, O ye of little faith? So when you are in the kingdom, God will meet all your needs. Where you are in the kingdom is his responsibility. One of the scriptures we read also, I think it's Isaiah 46. He said that God will carry you until old age. He will sustain you. He will preserve you. And he will deliver you and rescue you. So it's God, we are God's responsibility. So I don't need to care. I don't need to worry. All I know is that I'm not going to go hungry. All I know is to know that my bills will be paid. Why? Because angels will minister to me. As long as I do not leave the jurisdiction of the kingdom, and I do not leave Christ, but I'm in Christ, I know that my needs are taken care of. Because angels are there. So this man knew. He came from a wealthy family. How can he be feeding among pigs? You are a child of God. You belong to Jesus. You belong to your God. How can you live among pigs? It's such a humiliating place to be. But when we are under spell, we will not see that. That's why we need to be examining ourselves to make sure that we are not under spell. So that we are not depriving ourselves from the kingdom's benefits. So he says he came to his senses. And he said, how many of my father's higher servants have food to spare? And there, he, and there I am, starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against the heavens and against you. See, this is true repentance. That's what I call true repentance. When you 
offend anyone. You don't just say, God, I've already told God I'm sorry. No, you tell both the one you offend and God. So this is true repentance. And he said, I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. And you know the rest of the story. Because even the father was not offended. And that is God, the compassionate side of God. God is never offended. God is such a merciful. It's his nature to be merciful. It's his nature to be compassionate. No matter how far wide we are far from God, God is able with an open hand to receive us back. And that's exactly what happened. But before we bring this teaching to an end, I want to quickly tell us what are the steps to take to living a continuous freedom from satanic spell. And it's just that first Peter chapter 5 verse 9. It says, resist him, that is the devil, standing firm in the faith. Because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of suffering. What do we need to live a continuous freedom in Christ? We need to resist. What does it mean to resist? You need to take every thought captive. What Apostle was ministering to us last week is the fact that or the, all this while he's been ministering to us about spell. is the fact that spell has to do with the realm of your thoughts and your mind. And our mind is a battlefield for the devil. And the Bible says that thoughts will always come to us. Every one of us, as long as we are human beings, will have thoughts. Both the good and the bad. But we need to master the thoughts that come to our mind. And the Bible says for every thought that comes to your mind, you need to police it. You need to resist it. You need to take them captive. You need to take them captive. In the book of uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4 to 8. Six. He said, the weapon we fight with are not the weapons of this world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. Strongholds, all those lies of the devil that have been built in us. Those, that particular, those particular reasoning, those type of mindsets that we believe. We believe a lie. Strongholds. And strong souls are so difficult to get out, but they can be gotten out or getting rid of by the word of God. He said, we demolish arguments and every pretension that set itself against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedience to Christ. And we will be ready to punish every act of disobedience once your obedience is complete. So, every thought that comes to your mind, the battle is in the mind. He said, what defiles a man is not what goes into the man, but what comes out of the man. When you are looking at nude film, it's from the realm of the thoughts. So, when you turn on your TV as you go home today, watch all the programs that you turn to. When you are about to turn to the programs that will catch your imagination and will defile you, you take that thought captive by switching off and changing the channels. That's how you take it captive. The channel will not turn itself off by itself. You have to do the turning. You have to obey and say, this is a, this is a spell. This is a stronghold. This will defy me. This will kill me. This will destroy me. This will destroy the beautiful destiny that God has in store for me. Maybe some people are on drugs. I'm not going to take it for granted because on Sunday, 
both the sheep and the goat comes to church. We have different types of individuals that come to church. So maybe it's drugs, addiction, illicit drugs. I'm not talking about paracetamol or ibuprofen. I'm talking about illicit drugs, cocaine, heroin. And you are sick to it and you, you really love God, but you cannot just break free from it. But this, this illicit drug has taken over you completely. It's like a spell. As you are about to put it in your mouth, or maybe you are smoking, you are about to put it in your mouth, you say, I resist this because this will kill me. This will destroy me. So you take every thought captive. And maybe some of us, we are just are full of evil thoughts. We cannot just think of good things towards one another or even to self. It's always evil. Think about it. Maybe something is, going to, something is going to happen wrong. Something bad is going to happen. Oh, maybe this sickness is not going to be healed. Oh, I had this person died of it. This person died of it. Oh, maybe it's the, my turn. Ah, God forbid. You take that captive and believe what is the thought, what is the word that needs to counteract it. You stand upon the word. The word of God says, I will live and not die to declare the works of the Lord. So if you have heard of someone who has the same sickness and have died in the past, you say, I believe your word, Lord. Your word says, I will live and not die. This cancer will not kill me. This migraine will not take me over. I am healed by the stripes of Jesus. That is how to counteract it. Take the word captive. So we are talking about resisting resisting and he also says stand firm the second thing stand firm in the faith stand firm in the faith has to do with your own steadfastness god wants us to be steadfast and first corinthians chapter 15 verse 58 says therefore my dear brothers and sisters stand firm let nothing move you always give yourself fully to the work of the lord god wants us to get busy for him you see, some people are not busy for God. That is when they are in a peak offense. Oh, still someone did not phone me. Someone did not greet me. I was reading about um, John the Baptist. John the Baptist is the cousin of Jesus. He was a cousin of Jesus. Six months apart. But guess what? John the Baptist did not even know who Jesus looked like. He didn't even know Jesus. Because there was an area in that scripture that says that, I, he said, I don't even know him. I don't know him, but God have told me that upon the one that you will see the spirit rest upon, that's the one. So when he now saw Jesus coming and they saw the heaven open and the dove came up, he said, that is the lamp of God. So they are causing, they don't have time for going to visit, visit this because they are both busy. He has his own mission. Jesus has his own mission. So if you are here and you are saying, nobody care for me. Nobody phoned me. Nobody went to visit me. Uh, it's because you are not busy. Today, we need to be alert. We need to be steadfast. We need to abound in the work of God. There's so much work to be done. And we need to, be, we need to get busy for God. So that we'll not pick up offense. In fact... When John the Baptist was in prison, Jesus did not even go there one day to visit him until he died. So I'm not, defined, I'm not trying to say we should not visit one another, but you that you complain that no one visits you. How many people have you visited? 
You that you are complaining, nobody phone you. How many people? What are the catalog of people that you have, you have phoned? So let's nothing, all those things are elementary things. There's so, so much work for us to do, for us to be spending time on all these mini, mini things. It doesn't work. There's so much things you can use your mind to do for God. So let's get busy with God. God says we should remain steadfast. Steadfast in what? Steadfast in prayer. Steadfast in the reading of the words. So that God will enlighten your eyes of understanding and you begin to walk in victory. It is by the word of God that Satan was resisted by Jesus. Jesus too was not prone from being tempted. The Bible says that the word of the Lord came to him and he resisted the devil. Said man shall not live by bread alone but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. When Satan came to Jesus three times, he tempted him, he, he, he resisted him by the word. So let's remain steadfast in the word of God. Even when you don't feel like reading the word, read it anyway. Because there is power in the word. Power in the word. Hallelujah. So make every effort. And also the last one. is say make every effort daily to add spiritual value to your faith. If you can add spiritual value to your faith, you'll be free from the spell of the devil. And that is Second Peter chapter 1 from verse 5 to 9. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your, to your faith goodness. Be good. God, Jesus has saved us to practice good works. Be good. The Bible says how God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth. He went about doing good. So let's do good works. Be good. Add to your faith goodness. Knowledge, be full of the knowledge of God. Self-control. Self-control. God wants us to exercise self-control. You want to be someone provoke you to anger, you tell yourself, yourself, I'm not going to be angry because I'm not a fool. Anger dwells in the bosom of fool. I'm not a fool. I'm not going to. I refuse to be angry. I refuse to be angry with my wife. I refuse to be angry with my husband or my children, provoking them, discouraging them. I refuse. I refuse to watch what my eyes is not created to watch. If Jesus cannot comfortably watch that program, I refuse to watch it. Self-control. Where Jesus will not love to go, I will not go there. Self-control. Self-control. And to self-control, perseverance. We need to be patient with one another. Be patient. Don't be impatient. Jesus is patient. That's part of the fruit of the Spirit. Godliness. We need to be godly. Be godly in what you say. Don't just say any words that they are picking up on the streets. Every word must bring life. It must be seasoned with grace. So that it will minister grace to whoever is hearing you. Don't discourage people with your words. Your face, your outlook must be godly. The way you look must be godly. Don't let people be thinking, that, oh, are you really a Christian or not? You may say, oh, it's from the heart. But they need to see you first before they see what is in your heart. So... Godliness, mutual affection, and love. So, for if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But guess what? 
verse 9. For whoever does not have them is, is short-sighted and blind. Forgetting that they have been cleansed from their past sin. So some Christians have forgotten that they have been cleansed from their past sins. Because they are no longer walking according to the rules of the kingdom. They are no longer representing Christ out there. So my admonition for you this morning is that we are called to freedom. We are called to be free from spell. And spell will not take hold of our lives. The word of God will take hold of our lives. One of the things Apostle said is that it's not prayer that we break that spirit, that spell. It's the word of God. So the more of the word of God you have, the more freedom, the more liberty, the more victory you will experience. Can we rise to our feet this morning? Hallelujah. We are going to pray the book of Galatians chapter 5 verse 16. So I say, walk by the Spirit. And you will not gratify the desire of the flesh. We are going to pray. Fill me up with your spirit this morning. Fill me up with your spirit this morning. Let me walk in the spirit. Let me live in the spirit. So that I will not gratify the desire of the flesh. You cannot walk in the spirit and walk in the flesh at the same time. One will overpower the other. You want to tell the Lord God, let me walk in the spirit. I am a spirit. I just live in the body and I have a soul. So God, fill me up with your spirit, O God. As the apostles were filled with the spirit and everywhere they go, the grace of God was upon them. The power of God was upon them. Everyone around them know that they have been with Jesus. You want to pray that God enable me to be filled with your spirit. Walk in the spirit so that I will not gratify the desire of my sinful nature. Lift up your voice and begin to pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Father, for the word that we have heard on this holy mountain. We thank you because you have called us for freedom. You have called us into freedom. You have called us into liberty. You have called us, oh God, to enjoy a life of victory. And so, Father God, your word says that we should walk in the spirit and so that we will not gratify the desire of our sinful nature. Jesus, we come to you, Lord God, this morning, that you will fill us with your spirit, that you will empty us of every self and every carnality and ungodliness that can hinder us, oh God, from walking in the true liberty at which Christ has set us free. Fill us with your spirit divine. Enable us to walk in the spirit. Enable us to live in the spirit. Enable us, oh God, to function in the spirit. We submit to you, Holy Spirit. We ask that you will move through us. You will walk through us. You will guide our actions, oh God, and all our ways in the name of the Lord Jesus. That we walk, oh God, in the full liberty as Christ has set us free. We pray that flesh will not have dominion over us. Worldliness will not have dominion over us. The things, oh God, of this world will not take hold of us. My Father, we pray that, Lord, the Spirit of God will take us captive in the name of the Lord Jesus. You said it is the Spirit that quickeneth. Father God, we pray, let your Spirit quicken our mortal body. Let your Spirit quicken our mortal body. Let our body be taken into subjection of the Spirit of God. My Father, we pray, for we are Spirit being. The Bible says, oh God, that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Those who walk after the Spirit and not after the flesh. For the law of life in Christ Jesus has set us free from the law of sin and death. And so today, Father, set us free from every element.
elemental spirits, oh God, every sin nature, deliver us, oh God, in the name of Jesus, that sin will not have dominion over us. You said in the book of Matthew that if we are not careful, the very elect will be deceived. Father God, deliver us from every deception of hell by us living in the spirit of God. Help us to yield ourselves to your spirit. Help us to give ourselves up to the spirit of God. Let your spirit take us over. Let your spirit take us over. Let your spirit take over our minds. Let your spirit take over our thoughts. Let your spirit take over our hearts in the name of the Lord Jesus. Fill us with your spirit, oh God. Fill our hearts with your spirit, oh God. Fill our mind with your spirit, oh God. Empower us, oh God, Father, that Lord, we will not live our life, oh God, Father, Lord, to yield to the flesh, but our life, oh God, be used, oh God, for your glory. Father, God, help us that, Lord, in this world of darkness, in this perilous times, we will stand firm, oh God, in our faith. We will become unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Help us, oh God, to be alert. Help us, oh God, to be sober. Help us, oh God, to put on Christ on a daily basis. Help us, oh God, to watch, oh God, to be under the shadow of your wings in the name of the Lord Jesus. Father, God, help us, my Father, by the help of your Spirit. Father, we bless and exalt you. In Jesus' mighty name, we are prayed. For those of you who are sick this morning, the Bible says that Jesus carried all our infirmity and he bore our sicknesses. When Jesus carried your infirmity, he took it from you and he nailed it on the cross. And he said he bore your disease. I don't know what disease and I don't know what ailment that you, are, you have in your body that the doctors could not help because the doctors are limited. But we serve a God who is a great physician. We serve a God who, one of his mission is that Jesus will die and he will bore all our sickness. So when you look at the cross, Jesus nailed cancer there. Jesus nailed every migraine there. He nailed heart condition there. He nailed blood related disease there. He nailed barrenness there. He nailed it on the cross. And because it's on the cross, you can't take it back. You can't take it back. Because he bore it. So I want us to pray today for everyone that is sick. We are going to pray together. And you that you are believing God. And maybe you are, you are here, you are healthy, but you know someone who is not. You know someone who is not. The centurion man prayed for his servant. His servant was not brought to Jesus. And he said, Master, just send the word for my servant. Because I'm a man under authority myself. If I tell this one, come, he comes. But if I tell this one, go, he goes. So, I believe your word because you are a man under authority, Jesus. So, I believe your word. Just give me that word. Send that word to my servant. So, the man was not there. So, you want to stand in gap on behalf of everyone. Jesus is here today. Jesus is here today. And I want us to stand in agreement. That everyone that is infirmed, everyone that have infirmity, that God will heal them. God will heal them. Let's lift up our voice and begin to pray for those who are sick this morning. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Father, for the price that has already been paid. We thank you, Father, for your word that says, by your stripes we were healed. We thank you, Father, because you said no evil plague will come near our dwelling, for you are the Lord God that healed us. So, Lord, we bring everyone that is sick, O God, before you this morning. Jesus, you are here. Your presence is here. Your presence is here. The presence of Jesus. 
Jesus is here. We know that you are here, God. We know that you are here, God. We know that your presence, oh God, will heal the sick today. We know that your presence, oh God, will take away every disease in the body today. We thank God, my Father, because every impossible of our life, oh God, has been dealt with today. So, Father God, we pray for everyone at the sick, at the sound of my voice, oh God, this morning. I pray in the name of Jesus that, Lord, you will set them free from their infirmity. You will take their infirmity, Lord God, Father. You've already taken their infirmity. You've already bore their disease. So, Father, we invoke the blessing. We invoke the healing. We invoke the liberty. We invoke the owners in the name of Jesus. We say, cancer, you are healed in Jesus' name. Every form of cancer yourself be destroyed in the name of Jesus. We release God's divine healing upon everyone that have tumor, everyone of God that have any lump in their breast, lump of God in any part of their body. We command lump of God to disappear in the name of the Lord Jesus. We command the one that have kidney infection of God Father to be removed. We command kidney to be healed. We command liver to be healed. We command heart conditions to be healed. We command joint conditions to be healed. We command blood related disease to be healed in the name of Jesus. Father, those who have migraine, we cause every root of migraine to die from the root in the name of the Lord Jesus. It is for freedom that you are set us free, no longer to be subject to a yoke of slavery. So, Father God, we invoke your healing upon every sons and daughters in the house. Those who go, Father, who have sugar diabetes, we command, oh God, your sugar levels to be regulated. We command, oh God, Father, high blood pressure to cease in the name of Jesus. We command, oh God, Father, in heaven, every form of lupus, Father, to disappear in the name of the Lord Jesus. We command, oh God, barrenness, Father, God, Lord God, to be done away with, and we command their womb to be fruitful in the name of Jesus. We say, children of covenant, begin to comfort, oh God, from these children, begin to comfort from this womb. Let this womb, oh God, Father, give birth, oh God, to mighty men and women of God. Women, oh God, that we move through this land by your spirit. Women, oh God, Father, that we carry the word of God. Women that are vessels of righteousness. Men that are vessels of righteousness. In the name of Jesus, manifest your grace, oh God, upon everyone that is in the room. In the name of the Lord Jesus, everyone that is weak and tired, we come against weariness. We come against weariness. Unnecessary weariness. We rebuke in the name of Jesus. We command strength, oh God, to come upon your people. We command everyone to be healed. Father, do the work of healing among us, oh God, this morning. Let it be an appointed time for us to be healed. Let it be the appointed hour for us to be healed. We receive our healing by faith. We receive our healing by faith. We receive our healing by faith. We say we are set free from every power of infirmity. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Heavenly Father. We bless and exalt you, God. In Jesus' name we pray. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. He will see of the Lord, He is my strength, He is my refuge, He is my hiding place. Father God, we have dwelt in your secret place. So we will abide under the shadow of the Almighty. No devil, Lord God, will hold us ransom. No devil, Lord God, will hold us ransom. We say we are free from the chain of Satan. We are free from the grip of the evil one. In the name of the Lord Jesus, for whosoever the Son set free is free indeed. So we walk in the freedom as we Christ has set us free. We go home free. We go home free. We say we go home free. We go home free. In the name of Jesus, every chain that had held us bound be broken in the name of Jesus. We declare, Lord God, Father, that we begin
begin to walk in soundness of mind. The Bible says you have not given us the spirit of fear, but of love, of power, and of sound mind. Today we say we break every chain of spell around us in the name of Jesus. We declare, Lord God, that our mind is sound. We are alert. We are sober-minded in the name of the Lord Jesus. And so we stand firm in the liberty as we Christ has set us free. Father God, as we go home, oh God, Father, we pray that we begin to pick up our ministry. Part of the ministry you have given us is to set the captive free. So, Father God, enable every sons and daughters of this house to begin, Lord God, to set the captive free. As we go out, oh God, to our place of work tomorrow, we pray that the angels of the Lord encamp round about us. We pray that everything we need for life and for godliness, we have already received. So, Father, we walk, oh God, in that provision, in the name of the Lord Jesus. As many, oh God, are lack today, we declare that surplus come for you tomorrow. In the name of Jesus, at the dawn of tomorrow, let the heavens rain down righteousness. Let the heaven rain down plenty. Let the heaven rain down prosperity. Let the heaven rain down favor. In the name of Jesus, because it is our appointed time to be favored. It is our appointed time, oh God, to be blessed. So, Father God, we walk, oh God, under the atmosphere of God's blessing. We walk under the atmosphere of God's favor. May your favor surround us as with a shield. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Father God, every day for us is days of victory. Every day for us is days of triumph. Every day for us is days of prosperity. Father, may the sound of rejoicing and salvation, may we not cease in our midst. In the name of Jesus. Jesus will continue to walk in hand and hand with you. We will not break ranks from you. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. We bless and exalt you this morning. In Jesus' mighty name, we are praying with thanksgiving. Amen. Amen. God bless you. We could be seated, please. Praise the name of the living Jesus. Hallelujah. I'm sure we can give uh, Pastor and God another round of applause. Satan has lost again today. Because we all know that we have a duty to ourselves to be alert, to be clear-minded, spirit-filled, and to take the words that have come into our hearts and our minds, take them home and live by those words. At least one of the key things that we can learn today is that the off button on the television actually is under our control, yes? Praise the name of the living Jesus. That's the off button on the television, or the change channel button on the television is under our control, yes? Praise the name of the living Jesus. So, God has blessed us really mightily in this house with his words, and now it's time for us to 